GameZillaMedia.com. Video game makers believe that their products are starting to attract a whole new market. The voice of the gaming generation. The competition in this industry is so fierce, but we did manage to get a glimpse into the future. Real gaming opinions. The obvious question is, of course, how long will this smashing success last for video games? The last line of the major gaming news. The GameZilla Podcast. Look, that comes one of the Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and remotely joining me on this great, great episode, my audio producer that's doing very little audio producing right now, The Deadite Knight, a.k.a. The Butter Boy. Please don't tell anyone how I live. That video on Instagram is false. I was not eating butter for dinner, okay? You made that video. Um, this has been a a wonderful week because I I didn't make any, um, I'm now doing as little as possible to produce this podcast. And, uh, it's great that I've managed to shuck my responsibilities onto other people (laughs) and uh, I still get to talk about video games. It's great. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, on a video producer side, who's also not doing any of the video producing, uh, he did, he did some pre production. He'll probably do some post production. But he's not running the boards or anything. I got to do it all myself. Thanks a lot, Player One Miggy. What up? It's like, it's like, the, like the old days. Take you back to the uh, to the, the episode what twenty? I'm not ready for the old days. I don't. I don't want the old days back. That's that just doesn't work, man. <laughs> yeah, but in the old days, you can leave your house. I do miss those old days. Those are, <laughs> I do miss those old days. I'm going on day eleven. I'm going. On, I started a little bit ahead of you guys with the whole locking it down so um i'm i'm definitely feeling it but um things like this and and gaming and everything like that's uh, really been a, a huge help for me so it's important that we keep the podcast going and uh, that's why we are here for episode 305 of the games little podcast brought to you by our patrons Yes, thank you so much to our patrons who are supporting us in this time to keep the games little podcast and all of the games little media network up and running uh you could do the same by going to patreon.com slash gamezilla media and starting your contributions and uh we have a ton of cool stuff available for you uh including state of the zilla it is the one dollar per month uh, special show where people from gamezilla collaborate on uh discussion topics that aren't covered on any of the gamezilla media shows but also $5 a month will get you exclusive content level where every show on the GameZilla Media Network produces at least one show per month available there for you. Exclusive. You can't get it on Spotify or Google or anywhere else. It's only for our patrons, and we thank you so much for that. So make sure you head on over to patreon.com slash Media and start your patronage today. Do it. <laughs> do it now no um but yeah thanks everybody we, we really appreciate it um it's one reason why honestly that is one reason why we've been able to manage to get this to work right this whole remote session ability with some of the uh, equipment that we have and some of the software that we've been able to purchase it's thanks to our supporters so um all right well we do have a really cool show for you we're going to be talking about the playstation 5 announcement um, we're going to be talk. We're going to be comparing the Xbox Series X to the PS5. As far as what we know, uh, we are going to talk about GameStop and some of the decisions that it has recently made. And then we're going to get into our Zilla bites, where we're going to cover things from Formula One racing and what they're going to do during this crisis to Fortnite pros cheating at the highest level. So get ready. 
Here comes the news. Anything, man? News, news. News. Last week was better, but I'll take yeah, it. I'll yeah. take it. Last week was much better. <laughs> Last week was like, news. Topic number one. Number one. PlayStation has finally decided to say anything about their PS5 short of their weird little uh, website they launched that said, coming soon. And now we have a presentation. It was the road to PS5 is the title. And we knew we were in for a hell of a show. I don't think any of us knew we were going to get what we got, though, which was a confusing tech demo download GDC presentation that they wanted to just regurgitate all over YouTube. Was is that is that about summing up? It was the weirdest presentation I think I have ever watched from Sony, and that's a lot to say because they haven't had a very good track record recently. I think you're totally right. I didn't think about the fact that they probably were just going to do this at GC before it got canceled. Oh, was it? Pro- and... It wasn't probably. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I didn't. Even... They said they said it at the beginning of the presentation. Nah. I I instantly threw a flag. I instantly was worried because right at the beginning they're like. This was a presentation designed for GDC, and now we're going to share it on YouTube. And I was like, I don't think this is what people think it's going to be. And it wasn't. It wasn't at all. I came in 15 minutes late. Oh, okay. I was like, like, Grim, what did I miss? You're like, nothing. (laughs) Nothing, yeah. Dana Carvey did an amazing job with that presentation. Okay, listen. Okay. That man... Invented Marble Madness. You calm down. Yeah, yeah. So he's a genius. So yeah, it it, it was a very weird presentation. I mean, from the from the studio like green screen with were they fake silhouettes? Were they real silhouettes? They moved, but were they? I still have to ask the question of were they real people that were like silhouettes in the foreground and why? Why were like? Did you really need to like make a like fake? Like, feel of, like, reporters being at your presentation. Just do a live show. Like, we've seen Nintendo do this for years. They just get on, uh, they get a camera in front of them, and they just do their thing in front of a green screen, and they don't worry about trying to make it seem, like, real. Sitting at this podium, and, and, and then we'll get into actually what they talked about, but, like, it was the most awkward presentation I've ever watched. And Nintendo yeah. has done a few really awkward presentations for me. This was this beats it. It's tough because MST3K used to be a lot funnier. It's <laughs> 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 boring now. So we got into it. We got to learn a lot about the tech side of the system. And, I mean, some of that was good. But I think the problem was it dove so deep into the tech that 99% of the gamers that care about PlayStation don't care about what you talked about. And it really made sense that this was a GDC presentation. It was designed to be presented to developers, not to the fan base. And though people that could process the information could pull actual facts out of this presentation and say okay the ps5 has 
you know, this processor and this GPU and this many teraflops and this many CUs, this much memory, you know, all that jazz. It just was presented in such a, I don't know, a confusing and just disappointing way where though you'll see these articles out on the internet that say PS5 had a horrible presentation but still had had more views on their YouTube sh uh, uh, video than Xbox Series X has to date. And it's like, okay, right, but I was there during the sh during the actual live show and I saw the chat. And it was the most toxic chat I have ever seen. Like, I play League of Legends, and this was bad. So, just because just you have views doesn't mean that you're winning. And so, I uh, I don't know, but it didn't go well. And, you know, in the end, it came out with some interesting specs that we want to go over now. And we're going to compare them to Xbox. So, did you guys have anything you want to say about the presentation side of it? Yeah, so... When we talk about the actual presentation and people's reaction to it, what it so sort of reminded me of is, yeah, you can sit through a biology lecture or a biology class and get a lot of really high-end information. But you know what's a lot more fun? Watching an episode of Bill Nye. <laughs> like, that's what fans want right now. They want entertainment. They they want something exciting to show off the system to build this hype. They they want a little more showmanship. And this really was more of a lecture. It's not what PlayStation fans and gamers want right now. We still want the system to be sold to us. Uh, you know, again, you can distribute this to developers. We need a little bit of a sizzle at the beginning of this to get fans excited, especially if this is just public and out there for people to enjoy. We needed hype before the tech and that's yeah. the problem it's, it's the same thing we remember with the with nintendo at least a couple years back for the switch we got the hype reel and then two months later they gave us the terrible presentation sony's like but let's start with the terrible presentation and yeah. it's not a good move the terrible presentation is never a good move yeah but you can look back and say they're the hype, the hype of their last E3 presentation was confusing and disorienting and bad. But then even the presentation before that of the PlayStation 4 Pro was this. It was a more of this. Yeah. And to the point where you were like, when they were done with the PlayStation 4 Pro, you were like, so do I want to buy one or not? Like that was that was the <laughs> feeling after it. And so here, um, it wasn't necessarily that. I think there's still excitement around the PS5, um, mainly because we didn't see the system. We didn't get any information about, you know, besides holiday 2020 and still being on pace, any date, any price, any controller. We didn't get any of that, which we have a lot of that. Not all of it, but we have a lot of that for Xbox. So Xbox has, been, has done the hype side of it very well, along with releasing the tech side of it very well. And PlayStation just, right now, they can't seem to figure out how to even just talk about their new product that everybody wants. I mean, like, I'm not pretending here that, like, Sony's in trouble. Like, everybody wants a PS5. So many people want one. And you can't figure out how to sit there and, like, talk about it. Just, it blows my mind. So, that led into more interesting conversation about this presentation because... Um, it's Mark, right? Uh, right, Miggy? My mind just went blank. Yeah, yeah, Mark. yeah Mark. Mark here, the architect of the PS5 and of many PlayStation uh, systems. He 
was wanted to talk about things and it almost felt like he was making excuses or trying to like calm the waves before they were even made because they came out and said, Hey, Xbox beats us in a lot of these categories, but don't worry because smaller triangles and lower and, and, and lower frequencies and higher megahertz means that we can do more with less. And it was just like, it was like trying to put a spin on something, right? Like I was just like, ah, Listen, BP tried to do this the last time they destroyed, tried to destroy the world and put a spin on things. Like, this is just, I don't like that angle. Like, just come out and say your stuff and say why it's going to work for you. And don't, don't like, not, like, indirectly be like, yeah, but those other guys, we're not going to say their name, but those numbers, they're not as good, they're not what you think they are. I don't care. Because people are going to buy your system. People are going to play your games. And people are going to enjoy your platform. Don't worry about it. But they did. And it bugged me. So let's get into it. CPU. PS5 is running a Zen 2 core at 3.5 gigahertz. Variable frequency. Eight cores. Uh, that matches up to the Xbox Series X as an eight core. Uh, Zen 2 CPU at 3.8 and 3.6 gigahertz with um, multi-thread. Okay, so here's the kicker. People are like, okay, the Xbox Series X is, is has more. It does, a little bit. So, you know, edges it out a little bit. The variable frequency freaks me out, though, because they came out and they started talking about how variable frequency, not only on the CPU, but on other device parts of, of the PS5, are capped variably by heat. So as you push the system further, it will actually reduce itself to try to maintain integrity, which is good. I don't want my system to break, but it also concerns me that these peak numbers, you know, what are we actually going to see when a AAA game hits the system and starts to use it? What numbers are we actually going to get versus just these high-end spec numbers right now? We don't know. Uh, the What Xbox has done with their CPU is they took one core and they said, hey, that core is ours for the OU and anything else you want to use it for. You get the seven other cores. And if you want to use five cores, then you get multi-threading. If you don't, then you can use all seven and you can use the peak 3.8, which I think a lot of people will do at the beginning until they learn how to fully utilize systems and get more out of it. But those that's, that's your CPU. Xbox edges it out. The variable frequency is a, is a little... There's a question mark by it. Not, nothing to sit there and say, oh, it's a deal breaker, but what does it mean? And I think the presentation, they wanted to talk about it, but they didn't want to talk about it. And that was the thing that freaked me out, was like, well, why are you... Why did you bring it up and then beat around the bush instead of just say, say it how, you know, how it is? There's a lot of reasons that could be is... Maybe they don't have the answer that they want to uh, present just yet. Maybe they're figuring things out still. I don't know. Uh, GPU, PS5, which had been rumored to be more powerful than the Xbox One X, was going to come out and, and blow people's minds. 10.28 uh, teraflops at 36 CUs, which is at 2.23 gigahertz variable frequency. The Xbox, 12 teraflops at 52 C CUs, but 1.825 gigahertz. Um, and that's they're both RDNA 2 GPUs. 
which is a, a newer technology, newer technology by AMD. So again, sheer power Xbox. This is where Mark came in and was like, well, you see, we have smaller triangles and that means everything <laughs> because smaller triangles are easier to work with. None of us care about that, right? Like at bottom like bottom line, a gamer, like and I'm a techie gamer, but a gamer goes, show me Overwatch 2 over here and Overwatch 2 on the on the other system and which one looks better, which one runs better, which one you know is better. That's that's bottom line, that's what the majority of gamers care about. They do not want to hear about throughput and bandwidth and and you know teraflops and CUs and and lower megahertz, higher megahertz and why and, and all that crap. I'm sorry, they just don't. If they did, they'll go to Digital Foundry, they'll watch the video, and they'll get the download in a watered-down version versus the way that this was presented where it was like, hey, you're dumb, but I'm going to try to explain it to you anyways with these really half-ass PowerPoint slides. Yeah. So, um, again, PowerWise edged out to the Xbox. The, uh, the, the, the RAM's about the same. You're looking at 16 gigabytes on both sides. Uh, GDDR6 RAM, the, um, you know, it's pretty, they're, they're pretty much neck and neck at that point. I, I wouldn't say anything about that. Uh, bandwidth it is a little bit different. Sony advertises their bandwidth as 448 gigabytes per second throughout, um, where the Xbox is saying for the first 10 gigs, it's 560 gigabytes, but for the other six gigs, it's only 330 eight gigabytes per second the thing here is that that playstation never acknowledged what they're going to do about their ou about their like they're going to have to consume some of the resources in this device to operate the device they didn't tell us what it is they just gave us this overall spec so that's the scary part too is that we go oh well the cpu is pretty close but we don't and and they're they have eight cores well they didn't tell us are they reserving a core for their OU? We don't. We don't know. They didn't give us that information, so that we're gonna have to uh, wait for wait, you know, for for more information from them. So uh, the one area though that Sony really uh, shined, and let's be honest, they've talked about it a bunch, is their solid state memory, their their actual storage memory, uh, NVMe storage. That's like a custom designed setup in the PlayStation. That's one, it's, well, I don't want to say one terabyte. They actually came out and said it's 825 gigabytes um, that runs at 5.5 gigabytes per second. That's really fast, and that's because they're using an NVMe board that's PCIe slot 4.0. It's a newer technology that's even expensive, right? I mean, if you can find a board that's compatible right now, it's very expensive, um, so it's something that's just kind of starting to happen, but comparing that to the one terabyte custom NVMe, uh, solid state drive on the Xbox, you'd be looking at something like a, what was it? 2.25 was it? It was 2.5. It was considerably less. It's, it's 2.4 gigabytes raw. Yeah. Raw. And, and then rest uh... goes up though. Yeah. 
Or or, yeah, that's for the IO, right? We're talking for the IO. Yeah, IO throughput. Yeah, so two point four yeah. gigabytes per second raw versus five point five gigabytes per second raw, and even compressed um, PlayStation was up to eight, or eight eight to nine uh, gigabytes versus um, the Xbox only being four point eight. Yep. So, so that I mean, that's a difference. I just, it's big. I wonder. I wonder practically what that's going to mean for gameplay, and it's tough because. I didn't really draw that out, you know, of, you know, uh, one, one of the things I was, you know, I was watching a, a tech, a tech blogger do a, you know, a comparison. And he did express that like, this could mean, you know, larger worlds, more expansive worlds, you know, uh, not needing to load in, you know, like areas where you would hit a load, load screen, there won't be a load screen things that are still, Less well, common in gaming now than they used to be. The way they explained it was really interesting, and it actually makes a good point. Uh, Pool of Vision in the Mixer chat on Mixer.com slash Media asked, wait, did they just show load time for Jax 2? Couldn't they find something newer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Jax 2, they use as an example, is that Jax 2, the way that that map was designed, was designed for a reason, is that every time you got into a corridor and you had to go through that winding corridor, that was actually a loading screen. It would be dumping assets before the corridor that you were you were in, and while you're in that corridor, it's, it's releasing all those assets, freeing up resources, and loading the new assets that are going to be on the other side of that corridor. That is... Game Design 101. How can you keep the player engaged, but actually you're sitting there in a loading screen in a way? And so what they're saying with what they have built here with this uh, custom NVMe um, design for the PS5 is that think about that, except when you're looking in one direction and you turn to look 180 degrees behind you, it does all of that live right there. Yeah. That's insane because then the concept, the the resources and the concept of game design change because now I don't have to build all those corridors and use those assets and waste that space on, you know, on as far as a file size and extra, all that extra stuff. That's all gone. If I can, in theory, render everything live as I'm turning my character that quickly, it is, it sounds really cool. And, and from a tech side, you know, for me, I said, okay, that's cool. From a gamer that was like, show me the box, they didn't care. They just want their game to load faster, run better. Yeah, that that's and and this should allow that. But the uh, the downside to this is that it is 825 gigabytes, and you have a slot on this on the system that they said for an additional NVMe drive that there are zero of currently that are supported because Sony doesn't even know what they're doing yet. They literally, he like Mark literally was like, so eventually we'll figure it out and we'll approve some of these cards that are coming out that you can use. But we don't know when, because it has to, it has to meet the same expect, the same performance is what we built in the PS five. And so because they've built this custom, this custom thing, now you have to worry about, are some of the cheaper options not going to be compatible? And then you're going to, you know, and you're going to be locked down to some of the more expensive stuff. We will see. I think Dead Eye brought up another good concern because you've seen some of these boards and the additional um, equipment that's put on these boards now. Yeah. You know, some of the, some of the boards that would meet this requirement that are close to available or would be available. 
Um, the the actual height of the chipset might not fit in the slot because we don't know anything about it. Uh, some of them have individual heat sinks or even individual small fans yep. that go on these chips for them to perform. And we currently have no idea what sort of limitation that that would put. So perhaps uh, one you know one of these M.2 boards that falls within a reasonable price range may have different components to it that would cause it to not be compatible due to power consumption or physically not fitting correctly in the allocated space. Uh, and I know Sony said that they're going to have a uh, official certified like list of you know different boards as they come out, but it, it's, it is a little concerning that even today they didn't say, and currently on the market, you can go out and buy six different compatible boards today. Or by launch, you'll be able to buy, you know, there will be four different compatible ones from different manufacturers. They didn't give us any of that information. And just from the little bit of research that we've been able to do, uh, they're, you know, not readily available. And it looks like uh, we're looking at at least $200 for a terabyte, if not more. Which, again, in the non-tech hype reel of the Xbox Series X, they released the proprietary Seagate expansion that was going to work on the Xbox, and they said it's available at launch. Again, they just came out, put it out there. It might be expensive as well, but we know about it. We know to expect it, and we know other options will, will, arrive, you know, will happen eventually. And so it's another one of those, like, question marks for Sony. Feels more, more just out there and in the open for Xbox. Um, Psycho Brain in the Mixer chat, uh, I, I did read this as well. Xbox Series X is coming is being rated at about a 44% improved, um, advantage as far as power and everything over the PlayStation 5. This is true. I mean, based, <laughs> based off the facts that we have right now, this is true. It seems to be a fact. And so, I mean, when you think of that, it's it's we were talking about this in the, you know, before the show, we were just kind of prepping for the show last time around the PS4 versus the original Xbox one was in this boat where it was more powerful. It did a little bit more. It had a little bit better frame rate. It just could produce a bit more Then the Xbox one S came out and it was a nice little jump up. And all of a sudden it was like, well, yeah, it's there, but Xbox still a little bit behind. And then the Xbox one X came out and it was like, frame rates everything just was it had that advantage over the ps4 pro which was supposed to be that competitor for it, it the ps4 pro didn't live up to the x and we're here we're seeing this again where yes people still are going to be interested in playstation for the exclusives and 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 playstation fans will still be playstation fans but when it comes down to third parties and things like i'm going to throw it back out there overwatch 2 or whatever third-party game that's going to be supported cross-play across all you know all platforms and you want to be a console player it's it's like for me it's an easy pick i want the system that's going to play it better so if xbox series x is going to have a better frame rate and going to have better everything when it comes to that then it doesn't matter because I could still play with my PlayStation friends on a lot of these games. You know, we're seeing this is that this is that next era where you know everybody plays in Call of Duty, everybody plays in Fortnite, everybody plays in Rocket League. These com competitive games that are driving our industry right now are cross-platform. They don't. It doesn't matter. And with that being you know said, 
then I want to play where it's going to look best on my screen, where it's going to perform best, where I feel like, hell, even it gives me somewhat of an advantage if I believe believe that to be true. Even if it comes down to the fact that I can have an, you know, an Xbox Elite Series 2 controller where we haven't even seen a PlayStation 5 controller. We've we got the full break. Literally, I can tell you every part on an Xbox Series X now. They literally let some guy come into a Microsoft studio and have a magnetized, stripped-apart Xbox Series X and explain each piece of it and then put it together and then gave him the controller and said, here it is. Here's everything different about our controller compared to the previous controller. Oh, and it's backwards compatible. Oh, and your old controllers are forwards compatible. Oh, and all the games crisscross. And it's just like, to me, when it's all said and done and where we're at right now, Xbox has a giant lead going into this. And you already have people like Forbes and, and, and The Verge and several others that are like, Sony's already behind. They're already behind in that sense. Now, again, their exclusives are going to play a big role. I'm not saying they won't, but... This is this is uh, it's concern. It is a bit concerning for Sony. They have they have to come out here and hype up their product sooner than later. And I know we didn't uh, we didn't cover the last couple things because I don't think they matter as much. They both have 4K UHD Blu-ray drives, um, which is which is great. They both have uh, USB supported um, drives, and they're both going to have limitations on those USB drives that we talked about with the Xbox where because they're not as fast, a USB drive plugged in your system is not as fast as these, in, you know, these custom NVMe uh, solutions. You're not going to be able to play PS five or Xbox series X games on them, but you will. And I, sh- I should, I should correct myself on Xbox. It's been confirmed that Xbox one, Xbox 360 and original Xbox games will all be able to be loaded on an external hard drive and played off of that external hard drive. Sony, I guess, technically hasn't confirmed that because, let's be honest, they haven't even fully confirmed what their backwards compatibility is. I thought they did say something in that conference that... Well, they did. The PlayStation, PlayStation 4 games could be playable off the HDD. They did. That pissed people off quite a bit, and that was simply they talked about the fact that the um, PlayStation 5 will... We're, we're looking at the top 100 games... Of yeah. the PlayStation 4, and we near we almost have majority of those working on the PS5. That's five Call of Duty games. That was five the... FIFA, <laughs> FIFA games. Madden, you're gonna be able to play them all backwards compatible. <laughs> that was their statement. Yeah. That was their statement. Which here's okay. So think about this. <laughs> they did come out and say the majority. Eventually, the majority of PS4 games will be playable. Is what they, they did come out because people were like, "Whoa, are we only getting a hundred games?" And so they clarified that. But if you're sitting here, what, nine months out? Not Maybe not even nine months out? Not even nine months out. Can't, you, could, you can't be nine months out. You're going to be seven to eight months out from when this is supposed to be launched. And you don't even have the top 100 PS4 games capable of being played on the PS5. What does that mean for PS3, a game, a system that was super complicated to develop for? It's not happening. What does it mean for those previous systems that we've heard nothing about? Xbox. I I mean, Xbox rolled out. You're right. Xbox originally rolled out about a hundred games, originally, and that was original Xbox games on the Xbox One. 
than the 360. 360 already kind of had backwards. Well, no, sorry. Let me let me back that up. 360 had backwards compatibility limited uh, on Xbox One pretty pretty early, and then they added on top of that they added the original Xbox. Boom! Here's a hundred games, and then it was like just steamrolling. Here's more games. Here's more games. Here's more games. So I get it. Sony has to start somewhere, but. You chose in this presentation to talk about backwards compatibility and you chose your words to kind of say things in ways that led to concern. And in that entirety of that piece, you spoke nothing of the PS3, PS2, or PS1. Which the rumor was full backwards compatibility, which excited a lot of people. The You know, be able to grab a PS2 game, throw it in there, get an up convert, play that game. We don't know. It could still happen, but it doesn't seem likely out the gate. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried again where architecture-wise, if you, if you pay attention to the architecture through the PlayStation generations, they really have been Nintendo in a way with this where they've... Uh-oh. Public safety alert, everybody. I don't know if you just got that. Sorry. <laughs> All right, cool. cool. Yeah. Hope everything's cool. Yep. Anyways, um, yep. the the thing is, is that you can't. We're on that lockdown. We're on that, we're on that lockdown, guys. Uh, anyways, that, this is what happens when you do a remote show. <laughs> Wait, is that the purge alarm? Is that the purge alarm? Yep, yep. But, no, so anyways, the architecture design of PlayStation has been so drastically changed through gen- generations that <laughs> it makes it harder it makes it harder to sit there and be able to adapt through the generations, to make it work through the generations, where I think Xbox has been similar. I'm not saying it's the same, because technology changes and coding changes, and I get all. But it's closer to each other than X than PlayStation, where, I mean, I always go back to the PS3 and the cell, the cell processor, and the just crazy attempt that they made, because let's be honest, this, the PS3 is a work of art when it comes to that architecture. For a developer to utilize it was a nightmare. And so when you take that chance and now you want backwards compatibility into that environment, it becomes way more difficult to figure that out where if something is close and similar and has similar pieces to it, it's a lot easier to build that emulation, to build that uh, that ability to go ahead and play those old games. So I don't know for me, but I, I, I'm... Well, I'm, I mean, I don't know for everybody, but for me, I am definitely concerned. I think we're going to get backwards compatibility on PS5 for a limited amount of games and... That will expand, but I I have a fear that it's not going to expand past P- backwards past PS4. I think it's going to be PS4, and I don't know that you're going to get PS3, PS2, PS1 short of like you know digital purchasing through their store like they've done in the past. Yeah, and I mean to me that could be a killer because that's one of the things that has me still interested in a PlayStation Five is because I have a PlayStation library that does go all the way back to the PlayStation one where with Xbox, I have one Xbox one game and it's Battleborn, So that's worthless. Uh, I have no 360 games. And then I have, I don't know, 25 or 30 original Xbox games. So 
Um, the fact that I was hoping to have an all-in-one solution for my Sony library is something that wasn't enticing about the PlayStation 5. And if that's not going to be the case, then that's another reason for me not to be interested in the system. Yeah, I want to continue to get life out of the the investment I've made in Sony software. There's a bunch of PlayStation 3 games that I own that I never put enough time into that if I could pop them in my PlayStation 4 right now, I would be playing them. I just don't feel like messing with my PS3. The controllers are always dead. It's hooked up to another TV. I, if I just had a good solution to play those games, I would. And that's what I was hoping out of PS5. And if we're not going to get that, there's fewer reasons for me to consider buying one. Sony needs to hook me because I am their fan base that is considering leaving. Yeah, and that and so I think like when you go back to the PS4 and the original Xbox One and the the catastrophe that was the Xbox One with their DRM protection and all these things that they were doing a little bit before their time and some of the decisions were just dumb and Phil wasn't in charge at the time. So when you watch that happen, Sony came out and was like, "Hey, here's how you share a game. And they literally just pulled a physical game out and they handed it to each other and they just sucker punched Microsoft in the face at E3. And that was, that was that hype. That was me. I was like, shit, I'm buying a PS4. Like that's what happened. I watched that and I was like, damn, not only does it look good, but they just came out and we're just like, we're better than you. Like that, that's what they did. They, they had confidence. They, they, they owned it and it worked. Now, mind you, I still love my Xbox One, and and as the years have gone on, I've I've switched back to Xbox, and you know it's it's not it's for me it's because the exclusives don't they're not as important to me. Like I love God of War and I love Spider Man, but like I'm not a Naughty Dog fan. I'm not like I don't have you know I don't care about the show. I don't care like there's just games I don't care about, and so for me, I play a lot of I play a lot of games that are playable everywhere and i just like the experience on the xbox better i like the controller better it's just my opinion so but when you watch when you watch what's happening with the game pass uh xbox live ultimate pc pc getting involved in the play anywhere program and all these things that xbox over the years have started to trickle out and really build around their platform you don't worry as much about the box, but you realize that the service and the product and, and the experience that you're getting, all of a sudden it's like, well, value-wise, I just felt like Xbox was giving me more bang for my buck. And so now, not only do I feel like I have more bang for my buck, where I'm paying, I you know, I have Game Pass, and it's like I don't even, I don't buy games like I used to because a lot of it hits the Game Pass. And so now, on top of that, you're telling me I can have the most powerful console for the next generation if I go with Xbox. And I get the service. Microsoft had a had a moment where they got, like you talked about, they, they, they took the stage at E3 for the launch of the Xbox One, and Sony came out the next day and made fun of them and show, showed fans that they, they were committed to gaming where Microsoft was trying to be like a media platform and it gave Sony a head start. And the thing is, Microsoft took that as a moment to evaluate their, their brand and to completely pivot and make choices over the life of the Xbox One that were very pro-player. 
because that was the 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 opposite of the vibe they gave off at the Xbox One announcement, and that's the reason Microsoft has gained so much uh, influence and and so much good. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, so much publicity. They, they've won fans over. Yeah. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to think of a specific word, and it lost me. But where Sony has tried to stay the course, but also seem like they've kept fans at arm's distance. They they haven't stuck with their commitment to being the brand that's for the players, and Microsoft's taken that title. And to to get back to talking about the, the actual hardware and specs between the two, I, I feel like Sony's potential roadmap to success at the launch of the PlayStation is going to be, what what is the cost difference between these two systems? Because I think at the end of the day, for your average consumer, something that you and I and a lot of the people that listen to this podcast have to know that we're, that we're not. We're not the average consumer. Most people aren't willing to or take the time to wrap their brain around these different specs. Uh, you know, they're, they're curious of what games can I play and how much does it cost? Because honestly, the PlayStation 5 is going to be adequate for 90% of, of gamers that want to play their games. If it has the games they want to play and it's priced at a, at a place they can afford and they're a fan of Sony, they're going to go out and buy it. It's, you know, it's, it's the smaller percentage of, you know, more hardcore gamers that say, how can I optimize my gaming experience? How can I get the most out of the nice TV I have or the nice monitor, the nice sound system? Uh, th- that's a smaller portion of the gaming fan base, and it is what we're really fixed on. But if if the PlayStation comes out, uh, it's unlikely a hundred dollars less than the Series X. Then that that's that's their roadmap to winning the casual game fan. That could be yeah. really big for them if they come out with the price. I mean, the price point can play a big role. I don't think we're going to see that. I think the scary part it, the scary part with the price point is that I think they're both going to be pretty high, but. Um, I don't think it's anything these these people that are like, oh, they're going to be $1,000 systems. There's no way. There's no way. But, um, you know, I think they both come out at 500 bucks at, on, at, at the low end. I think uh, we could would, see a $600 system. I, I think we could, too. And, again, we are that far. We're only two generations away from PlayStation 3 launched with a top-end model of 599 and their, the base model PS3 at launch was 499 which at the time seemed really crazy to me um, because the, the 360 was so much more affordable at that point. But it had already been out for, what, eight months prior to that, a year prior to that? Yeah, I um, think I think we see a 499 price point, um, and I think both systems are probably going to fall in that zone. We could potentially see that second skew that people are rumoring about for both systems, a, a lesser system for both sides that might be that $400 system. Um, time will tell if that when that happens. I mean, we know that Microsoft has had something in production. Uh, we've heard the rumors that Sony's now, there's possibly two SKUs there, and we'll see. I've never been a big fan of the two SKU launch. I just, just give me the best, like, I want the best. So like whatever it is, that's the skew I want, you know, but that's, that's the system I want. But I think, yeah, 500 bucks, more power on the Xbox side, you know, more and, and everyone wants to gravitate towards Sony because they have those exclusives and I, and they do what I think we are not giving Xbox enough credit for is that in this last 24 months, Xbox has done an amazing job at expanding their studios. 
they bought so many studios. They've created so many so many studios that will now be capable of producing exclusives to the PC Xbox world if they want it. But you know, things like a brand new Halo at launch, it, we haven't had that since the original Xbox. I've said that multiple times. That's this is big for them. This is their Zelda at launch. This is, you know, this is huge for them. And so when, you know, you look at it that way and you look at Gears and you look at Forza and you look at these, you know, these staple games that we're aware of, you're also now thinking of things like what's the company, you know, Outer Worlds was up for game of the year. And though it wasn't exclusive because it was in development before the purchase, what's Obsidian going to do next now? Because mm-hmm. they're riding high. You got Ninja Theory doing, you know, doing, you know, Hell, Hellblade. Sending what sacrifice or, or well, the sequel to it. You have, you know, all of these companies that are now part of the Microsoft brand that who knows, we've talked about PUBG's, um, what, Blue Hole. They're working on their next project that's not PUBG related that, you know, um, now has full con- full assets, full control to all of the uh, Microsoft's assets and power. Imagine what they could do now when Blue Hole did what they did with PUBG and kind of sparked this whole generation. I don't. They didn't start it, but they sparked the excitement around this whole generation of battle royale. So, and and we're not even talking about all the things they have moving forward that we don't that we know Phil Spencer is doing things that no other Microsoft Xbox exec has ever done, um, and and is making those relationships in Japan that no one that no one on the Microsoft side has done in the past. He's doing a lot of these things because he listens to the fan because at the core, Phil's a gamer. I mean, I could go over to my shelf right now, pull out Nintendo Power, go to the back of, of the page where there used to be high scores in the back of Nintendo Power, and I could show you Phil Spencer's high score for Mario Brothers. Like, the dude's a gamer. He's not just a businessman. So, you know, though right now you can say, oh, well, yeah, but, you know, uh, Sony has Naughty Dog, and Sony has... Um, has Santa Monica and Sony has uh, Insomniac and things like like okay, I gotcha, and those are great studios and they're gonna make great games, but I think we're not paying enough attention to what Microsoft has done in the past twenty four months and what they're going to do in the next twenty four months. That I think really that part of it that argument is way closer than it's ever been. I guess my last thoughts on this before we move on. You know, we've looked at some of the specs here revealing PlayStation, and we've talked a little bit about what PlayStation could do to to get this kicked off correctly. Um, We talk about exclusives. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of Xbox exclusives because I've never really played them because I've never been an Xbox guy. But what you get with the Xbox platform is for a small monthly fee, access to all of the exclusive games. Day one, if you have Game Pass, you're getting the new Halo. If Sony, which I think is extremely unlikely, if Sony were to come out with a comparable thing for their streaming or their subscription service, where you buy a PlayStation 5 for X number of dollars per month on top of your PlayStation Plus, you're getting access to uh, the new first-party games when they release. That's huge. That's Sony leveraging their first-party games 
to make PlayStation the place to play because they are really good exclusive games. Yep. But the difference is, if I switch over to playing Xbox exclusives, I'm getting them for a very affordable price. Games that I wouldn't necessarily go out and spend $60 to have and try if I already have the subscription and it's available on launch day and all my friends are playing it, I'm going to play it with them. And if Sony were to follow suit and do something similar, then consider me interested. Which and because they, that, yeah, that's Microsoft leveraging what they have to get value for their players. Yeah, and they need to do that. The question is, will they do it? Like you said, it's it doesn't seem likely. Like, how do you, how can you do that uh, to say a day one exclusive Naughty Dog game, or you know, or Santa Monica's new God of War, Insomniac Spider Man? Like, how do you, how do you man make that work? I don't know, but Microsoft's doing it, and so. Uh, Pool of Vision and Escape Soul in the in the mixer chat right now is saying the same thing. You know, uh, Escape Soul saying I was I'm a PlayStation guy and I'm buying the next. I'm going Xbox. Um, you know, Pool of Vision saying, "Hey, Game Pass is is the star of the show right now." Like that's what. Like let's be honest, we're all we all use Game Pass. I mean, I know Dead Eye not not really, but like everybody else on this team is using Game Pass to some extent. And I mean. PlayStation now has to reinvent, reinvent itself and be good right out the gate or instantly. That's a huge, like, we could talk specs all day. We could talk all this all day, but just that alone. Game Pass versus PlayStation Now is a big battle right there. The winner of that gets an advantage that is sizable, for sure. So, I don't know. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you were gone. Sorry. (laughs) You had to step away for a second. (laughs) Yeah, no, and I I doubt, I highly doubt uh, PlayStation is going to do anything like that because they're they're stuck in the past. They're like, they're such such a stubborn and old company. Like, we're still waiting for them to get cross-play on the majority of, like, the games. I mean, we got in a handful of games, but, I mean, now would have been a perfect climate for them to, you know, be – you know, to bring everyone together with crossplay. But I mean, we've got games that we want to play that we're talking about streaming, and we have to check and see if they're crossplaying. Like some of them aren't. I mean, they're stuck in their old ways. I mean, I don't foresee them doing anything like a Game Pass until it's too like too late. Yeah, I mean, we know they're working on PlayStation now. We know they we we know they invested into Azure, which is which is funny because even if it does well, now Microsoft's making money off of them. Either way. We know they're working on it. Is it going to be good? Time will, we don't know. Time will tell. And yeah, I mean, you're right though. Is that? And I've complained about this a lot recently. Is that Sony was the cool, you know, was the cool kid on the block. He, he was he was the one. It was the company that like was doing things differently. That was breaking down some walls. That was that was you know a rebel. It was being. It was it was for the gamer. For the gamer, and now, like you're saying, they feel like they've aged a bit and just are kind of like grouchy old men that don't want, you know, that want you off their lawn and don't want <laughs> to accept change. When let's be honest, this this world, the the gaming industry, changes more now and quicker now than ever before because of technology. And if you can't you know, you can't ride along with that. You're going to get left behind. And that's, um, no, you make a good point is that like we, I can't picture them doing it. 
and that's that's scary look at what they're doing now they're, they've turned they've turned into old nintendo if you look at like how they're self-censoring games before like a uh like a, a a controversy thing could uh could pop up now they're censoring games and sony i mean nintendo is like hey we're gonna let you uh control it everything you say goes yeah yeah I, and you know that's that's the line is that i i don't think i just i just don't think even though nintendo has acted in like nintendo has changed and it was weird at first, but now it feels it feels normal. Like when they collaborate with an Xbox with an Xbox project, or they collaborate and and share things out, it's weird still. But it but it's now kind of become the norm. Sony needs to do that. If they don't, they're in deep trouble. If 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 somehow PlayStation now comes out and and they do say, hey, anything first party day one, if you're PlayStation now, it's there. Yeah, they're in, that's good. That's real good, and they will get tons of signups. I just can't picture them doing it. I can't. I don't know. There's too much pride, I think is what it is. There's so much, like, we're a king, we're the best, and then when you start to think about these these um, developers that, do they believe in that, you know, in that platform? It, will it work versus, you know, you know, do because of it does... You know, like okay, the fear we had for Microsoft was sales would would they would they would literally just eat their own sales, right? We were worried about the fact that like they aren't going to sell copies of their game because everyone's just going to be a member and then like it all falls apart. Well, they proved that it works. They they balanced it. They made it work. They they made it profitable. They you know they proved to us that you know services are. And, and I mean, we knew this to an extent. Services are very important, even over necessarily a physical product. And so, um, could we see the opposite though? Sony doesn't handle it right, decides to do something like this, and then because their exclusives are there, their sales are down, and ends up hurting them in the long run. You know, because that 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 you know, there's a lot of things here to see if they can make the same success happen. You can write. I could give you a blueprint to to the perfect product and to two different people, and one person can make it successful, and the other person could fail. Like so, just because Microsoft has made a roadmap that seems to be working for them, doesn't mean it's going to work for Sony. So, what is Sony going to do that makes them better? What is Sony going to do that makes them special again? And I'm not saying they're not special, but going to make them feel special again within this product, the PlayStation Now product that for all intents and purposes, is not the best-looking product on their list right now. PlayStation Now has not had a very good track record currently. So what, is it smart to reuse this name? Should you have branded it as something new and released it as something new for the PS5? Or can you actually bring this name back and make people believe in it again? We'll see. All right. It was a good conversation. I got to cut it. We've been we're doing this way too long. So um, if you want to keep talking about this, join the Discord. Uh, talk to the PlayStation, the Xbox channels, the gaming general channels. Let us know what you think. What system are you going to be picking up? And uh, we can keep the conversation going there. But we need to move on to topic number two. I didn't even change the... Uh, here you go, guys. There's a picture. Player one, Miggy, player, player one Miggy gave me a picture. It's right there. So there you go. Topic number one. It's done. We're going to turn that one off. We're going to go topic number two. <laughs> GameStop. 
Okay, I did really. Woo! We all did really well on the first the first remote episode. We're allowed to screw up a little bit on this one, I guess. But GameStop has been in the news here just recently and uh, making a lot of poor choices. I'm just gonna say it. Poor poor decisions on a corporate level and a lot of things have changed in the last I'd say 48 to 72 hours but let me just let's just break it down a little bit for you is that um GameStop corporate believed that their business was essential <laughs> and it should be allowed to stay open during the COVID-19 crisis and the reasoning was because we provide high-end PC parts so that people can work from home. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what they did. That's what they said. Quoted, quoted. Seems false. Not only is it quoted, but you could go out to YouTube and you can find videos of people that somehow got on the actual conference call of these executives talking to their stores, hundreds of stores. And just feeding them bullshit. And you could feel these store managers and assistant managers just losing faith in their job and their company and everything. And just like couldn't believe what was happening. They weren't going to stop trades even though this is this this crisis is going on. They weren't going to close their doors. If the police show up to your store, you give them this letter and you keep operating. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, we'll that was it. So that was the initial statement, and that the conference call got leaked out. Since of then, of course, it did. <laughs> of, of course it did, right? There's no way you can go and be that stupid and then have it not leak out. This is GameStop, okay? This is the company that can't do anything right, that's failing, that's closing stores, that, let's be honest, is on its way to going out of business because of poor practices, bad business management, and just overall, no business plan and no clue of how to evolve in this gaming world. So, and I'm talking, they were told not to close if the police show up. And try to shut them down in a state that has cl- that has declared a stay-at-home, you know, act, an order, not a not a uh, recommendation, an order. Hey, if you're not essential, by the way, here's the essential positions. If you're not on this list, shut your shit down. Hmm. And they were like, yeah, if that happens. You just give them this sheet that we wrote, and uh, you tell them no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. So, it's really, uh, it's really amazing. Uh, there was a Athens store that was open uh, last Friday, and um, there's a shelter in place order put in effect there, and police went to the store Friday afternoon to uh, order it to be shut down. Um, they showed GameStop employees an 11-page ordinance that included a list of essential businesses. I, I'm kind of thinking, though, the half a page that someone at corporate, like, you know, put together in 30 seconds um, didn't stand up to the 11-page ordinance because they shut down. Because now these states are like, cool, we'll fine you because you're you're basically going against the state 
law, whatever you want to call it at this point. Because at GameStop, we offer PC parts so that you can work from home. We're essential. We're essential. Because that's GameStop. That's their primary source of revenue. It's not even a good loophole they're trying to work. <laughs> this is quoted. This is a quote from an employee. And a current employee at GameStop. They don't even care anymore. They don't even care. Like, fuck it. Fire me. I don't care. That's absolutely ridiculous. If someone's trying to work from home, they don't want an $85 Razer keyboard or we have the $60 Razer mouse. They want some cheap $20 Microsoft. Something is going to get them by just fine. I'm not going to throw the name out there. They did, but you know, I'm going to try to pr- protect this person from hopefully GameStop coming after them. But a Game Advisor at GameStop in Athens, Georgia said they can get that from Walmart. They can also get that at Walmart, this is what he said, along with their groceries, which are arguably more essential than video games. Nah, nah, nah. That guy's crazy, right? Like, I don't need food. I just need the game. We're a gaming podcast. I love video games, but come on. There's some myth behind that. There's some when I was real deep into Jurassic World Evolution, my wife would come home and she'd be like, "So what? What'd you have for dinner?" I'd be like, "Handful of Cheez-Its and three beers." Have you and ever she- bought a PC part from GameStop? <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever bought parts for a PC. Oh, that's not true. I bought RAM for my laptop last week. You got to have GameStop though, because they're essential. Yeah, you yeah. can't get RAM from anywhere but GameStop. Probably you don't need food. You just need beer and Cheez-Its and computer parts. That's life. I couldn't, I listened, there was a 45 minute phone call and I was like, I'll, I'll just like, I'll thumb through it or I'll just quickly go through it, scrub through it. I listened to the whole 45 minutes because it got, (laughs) I just got angrier and angrier and I could not believe this company that I once worked for could be this bad, could be this stupid, this naive. I can't think of enough negative words for this company that is trying to save themselves right now and would like to give their image a just sucker punch right to the face, kick to the nuts, and just be like, oh, we thought you wanted us to stay open. Now, mind you, this all happened before Friday. Can anybody tell me what happened on Friday? There was no big releases on Friday, was there? Couple, couple one, two releases. Just a couple biggest releases of the year, I'd say. I mean, arguably, I would say there are the the two biggest releases of 2020 would be Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal. Yeah, both came out Friday. Yeah. 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 So this was all happening before that because they wanted to have uh, stay open so they could get their profits off all their pre-orders, off all the people that were coming in. They even were like, "Hey, because we care about our customers and our employees." We're going to sell Doom on Thursday instead of Friday. So less that people. way there's less people, less people for, forming lines and, and gathering because we care. The, the conference call had employees going, hey, so uh, have you, do you know what a computer is? Because have you looked at what people are saying about us right now? They're getting destroyed. People, 
are disgusted at just the greed for the dollar, man. And it's it's unbelievable that no one at corporate could be like, this is a really bad idea. Reggie, who I was super mad at, Philzame, a.k.a. Nintendo Lord, someone I look so highly upon, just joined the board of directors. Get the fuck out, Reggie, before it, it's already too late, but save face and run, man, because why didn't you step up and say, y'all stupid, this should never happen. And if you did, and they said, screw you, why are you not out there saying, I said this was a bad idea. We 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 don't want to operate like this. This is I have never seen a company. No, I'll take that back. There's some really dumb companies out there and they don't exist anymore. Okay? And I really like them. And one of them is called Sega that does some did some really dumb shit. This is that level of just stupid shit that you're going to lose customers over. You will lose customers that will never shop in your store again. You will lose employees that will never speak a positive thing about your company ever again because you were worried about profit in a time right now where people are dying, where there's not enough ventilators to keep people alive and we're deciding who gets to live and who gets to die. And you're worried about your doom sales and your animal crossing sales. I am beyond in disbelief at that, that this was a this was a real story. Now, mind you, they backtracked. Shocker! Has GameStop never does that, right? They never backtrack. They backtracked a little bit. Oh, <laughs> we didn't realize you were that upset at us. We thought we were essential. We're gonna close all of our stores. To customers. Yeah, they're still going to operate. And you can still do curbside pickup. Because we're still somewhat essential. We have to be, right? Because game sales are exploding right now. And viewership is exploding right now. And, and all this content absorption is exploding right now. We can't miss out. So our employees are still going to go to work. We're just going to lock the door. And then you're going to buy it online or, or you're going to, if you have a pre-order, you're going to do a curbside pickup, but we're still going to operate. This company is a joke and it deserves to go under at this point. Like we had already talked recently about GameStop and how I was not a fan of anything that they've been doing in the recent years. This is just, this is the final nail in the coffin, man. This is enough for me to, find, to officially say, and I, there were years that I never stepped foot in a GameStop once I was done with that company. I refused to spend my money there. And I got soft and I started to go there a little bit because I had friends that wanted to go there. And sure enough, I made some purchases because there were GameStop exclusives and there were some things that I wanted. But after this, after listening to that phone call and, 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 thinking about humanity and, and people, just the, just the people side of this, I'm done. I will not give them more of my money. I don't care what Reggie does. I don't care if they turn this company around. This is, this is disgusting. 
This is wrong. The fact that they could come out here and, and try to have this type of press come out should be criminal almost. I mean, if you if you go listen to this voice, that, that conference call and you hear the the these store managers that were all sounded more intelligent than anybody at the corporate level asking, well, what happens if someone gets sick? What's the pro- what's the protocol? What's the process if this happens? What do we do when this happens? And every time it was like, well, it's a fluid situation that we're looking at every day and it's ever changing. So we don't know, but we're working on it. And trust us, you'll be the first to know when we have any clue what the fuck we're talking about. You could hear the pages turning in the company guidebook. Every time a good question was asked, verbatim, it's a fluid situation that's really hard to control. It's we've never experienced anything like this, so you can understand why we're we we you know we want to keep the doors open because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't have a track record of the last pandemic that happened. So we're figuring it out day by, oh, day by day. That's what the other Day by day. I swear to God, if I heard day by day one more time on that conference call, it was the most disgusting thing I've seen in a long time when it comes to just corporate greed and, and honestly showing zero concern about their employees about their customers, about anyone. They didn't care. It's a tough situation from the aspect of we can be sympathetic to the fact that it's a struggling company that is likely going under. It's a sinking ship. So I can understand there's some people trying to save their ass, but what they're doing is they're treating the employees and the customers as the rats that they're stepping on as they drown to try and save themselves. Yeah. It's again, I don't, I don't want to see any businesses go out of business. I'm, I'm trying to spend some money on, on carry out things. I, I, I don't ever do carry out food, but I'm trying to support the businesses near my house. I don't want to see the restaurants that I care about near my house go out of business under these, these hard times. I don't want to see the people that work there, not be able to work there. I understand that. But at the same time, a video game store is not an essential business. It isn't. So to, Put your people that get paid $9 an hour to be in there selling controllers in any sort of situation that that's, that's, that's not, that's not a good situation to put your people in. And if you do have a couple employees at a couple stores, that get sick and they handed out video games to families for an entire day or maybe four or five days before their symptoms hit. And now all those people had a chance of getting infected. It is irresponsible because at this point, Again, we're, we're in Michigan. Michigan went into a shelter in place earlier today. We're talking grocery stores, pharmacies, the it, uh, truly essential life-giving situ- stores are what's open. And I'm sorry, as much as I love video games, it's not that. And I had someone ask me if I knew uh, how to fix an Xbox controller over the phone because, you know, Grim and I do IT. I'm a direct line of support for our customers and the guy on the phone's like, do you know how to fix the Xbox controller? Mine broke and I can't get a new one because everything's shut down. You know, like I get it. Like that's not essential though. That guy's going to live. He's, his life's not going to be over. And we're talking about endangering people. So GameStop, I understand you might not recover and you might go out of business because of this, 
But you were on the verge of collapse anyway. I'm sorry. We're just going to have to let you go. And you need to actually care about the people that work at your store. It's tough. We're in a tough time, an unprecedented time. But it is unfortunate that the company's trying to save themselves on the backs of their employees. We're also talking about a time that that there's bills literally trying to be passed on a daily basis for business support, right? To stop from businesses declaring bankruptcy and going under, from mom and pop shops to franchises to to whatever you know to whatever you you know you want to look at. So, do we have something in place? No, the government is is struggling to figure these things out as well okay but at the same time your game stops so like when the time comes where there is a program in place i believe you're going to be able to leverage it if you need to i really believe that because you are a big establishment that is that controls a large chunk of a of a certain industry and it would affect if all of a sudden you couldn't reopen your doors now, to sit there and tell me that if you close your doors for 21 days that you can't reopen them, then GameStop is in worse shape than Toys R Us was. And I can't believe that that's the case. So, I can't believe that's the case. Think, I might think, believe it, man. Think at, the end of, think at the end of Toys R Us and you tell me that GameStop is in that sta- state of, of closure. Think about the last time before the closing signs got put up that you were in a Toys R Us, what it looked like. Okay? And then think about what they just did on Friday with Doom and Animal Crossing alone. I I, I can't I can't believe it. I can't believe it. There's there's no way. And so for me, closing, taking care of your employees, which yes, is gonna cost you money, figuring it all out on the tail end. If you can't do that, then then how are you the biggest gaming store in the world? I mean, you are. You're, you're GameStop, for God's sakes. If you can't figure that out, yet you have all these other companies that are going above and beyond trying to help their employees. I mean, hell, Amazon. If you go order a PC part from Amazon right now, it's going to take you three weeks to get it because it's not priority to Amazon. So then how the hell are you a central GameStop? You're not. I mean, if Amazon's not going to do it, someone has to. GameStop, no. stepping up to the plate where Amazon is letting us down, clearly. Yeah. It's so, a good thing I didn't even shop at GameStop before this, so we're good. Yeah, but... I Look, look I used to love shopping at GameStop. Let me, he's let me the GameStop let me, guy! Let me, let, me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I would enjoy walking in there completely avoiding the used game sections because that's where the money is. That's where the money is. And I would go right to the new game section and I would look and I would look and I would buy the game and go, oh, um, we have this. You would say, nah, nah, nah. Give me that. Give me that seal off the top row. And let me get that one, that one, and that one. Oh, let me get that too. Um, uh, do you have a do you have a, a, a power rewards card? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. And I expired five years ago. I said, yeah. I got my uh, discount at Best Buy. I'm good, you know? And uh, they want a discount? I mean, want the uh, the protection? Nah, nah. So I'll just go in there. They would make as little money as they could off of me, and I'd have the biggest grin on my face, and I'd walk out. Like, I rarely, I, I rarely spent money in there. And, like, now, like, I'm I'm cool with not, like, not even going there. There's, we're really in a digital age. 
they we've got sales like fire sales happening just about what every month on a PlayStation and with Xbox Game Pass. I mean, the sales always it's we're permanent. Always something on sale. Digitally. So I mean, we're good. We're good. I mean, if GameStop if GameStop goes, we're good. We're good. And I and I was I was in the same boat as Grim. Like I was getting heated listening to that call. Are they making it to do the right thing? Oh, we're losing Mickey. Thousands we're losing Mickey. We're losing Mickey. And like I think it took all of a bomb. Not even a. Oh bummer, Mickey! Stop, Mickey! We're, we're stop. gonna have to cut you off. You're you're gone. You gone. Yeah, you're you're breaking up, man. So uh, the the frozen image no. on my screen. Is, I like is, the frozen is, image yeah. though. Here, I'm gonna try to mimic it. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> we'll let we'll let Mickey try to figure out his connection. We we are we are recording remotely, obviously because of the crisis, and uh, you know things like this are gonna happen. So we appreciate that. You know, obviously everyone is still hanging out, having a good time, and you know we're trying to deliver you a show still without just canceling it like everything else in the world's being canceled. So lesser podcasts are folding all the time and not putting out episodes. Yeah, but the Gamezilla Boys, aka the Game Boys. What what was the other bad podcast name we joked about starting? It doesn't matter. We're here. Yeah, don't do that to us. Chad and, Br- Chad and Brad, the Game Boys. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, what Miggy is saying is going into the store and, and, and purchasing something and, and not falling into all of their, their loopholes, their traps, all that thing. I get that. I understand that. That, that to me, doesn't make it a good experience. What makes games? What made GameStop a good experience, and what still can make GameStop a good experience, is its local employees. It's local employees that are gamers, the people that you could go in and have a conversation with. Now, mind you, you have to get past them trying to get you a credit card, trying to get you to sign up for pre-orders, trying to get you to do all the things that corporates just shoveling down their throat. But when you get past that, these people are good people. They're they're the same people that you play online with when you're playing video games. Like so you can have a fantastic conversation at a local GameStop. I have nothing against that. I wish the best for all of them. I don't think they should worry about this company because it's not going anywhere in a positive direction and they should not stay on a sinking ship. They should find something better for themselves and and move on and let GameStop be what it is, a giant dumpster fire. My problem is, is every time I go in there, it's a Ron Swanson situation when he's at like Home Depot and just an employee comes up and is like, I know more than you. Like, I have no interest in talking to an employee at a GameStop ever, or I, honestly, any gaming department. But that doesn't mean that they're not great for the non-Ron Swansons of the world. Yeah, absolutely. So, with that all being said, um, they this is what's happening. They, they are closing all their stores in the... Um, in California uh, already, and I think we're going to see some adjustments based off of what's happening in certain states because we haven't had that federal announcement yet, at least, that will you know decide a lot of things moving forward. But they have gone, they have backtracked a little bit. They have tried to improve their their stance on things a little bit. I, I you know it, it's it's better, but I still think their reasoning is really shitty. And it paints a really bad image for them. 
and a company that's trying to turn things around and trying to, you know, repair an image, <laughs> this is like the worst thing you the worst thing you could have possibly done. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to believe that this was that, that this this was agreed upon across a board of directors as yes, this is what we should do. Doesn't make any. It's sense. just disappointing. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Uh, join the Discord and um, yeah, you know, chime in. Gaming General Channel. What do you think about GameStop? Is this some? Is this a deal breaker for you? Are you like me and never want to give a, a GameStop another dollar? Um, because that's where I stand with this. It, it disgusted me. I I can't look at them the same. So. All right, we're gonna move on to uh, as I don't know if Miggy is Miggy there. Nope. Okay. Just wanted to make sure that we weren't... Oh, God. Miggy just left completely. He, he gone. Just you and me now. Yep. Now now the stream looks horrible because Miggy left. And now... <laughs> yeah! Remote sessions, baby! Inter- poor and, internet connections. Alright, anyways. I, I mean, my internet's pretty bad, yeah. but... I'm, I'm real worried about Miggy. Yeah. You might not have the internet at all anymore. That's true. We're going to keep it going, guys. I apologize for the, uh, the on Mixer, the uh, issues we're having, but hopefully you're enjoying the audio of it, and we'll just we'll keep it rolling. But anyways, we're going to move into the Zilla Bites, which is our short stories. Moving through the quick the quick news snippets. So, Zilla Bites. Zillabytes. All right, so <laughs> I clicked the wrong button. It said Konami on the screen for a second, so I wanted to make sure I corrected that. Zillabytes, like like we said, it's uh, our, one of our newer segments here where we just kind of go through a couple news topics that maybe didn't warrant a full-blown explanation and, and discussion, but we still wanted to get them across the show so that you were aware of what's going on. Um, one of those being what's happening with Formula One racing. So... Uh, through this whole crisis and everything that's been going on, we've been seeing a lot of cool things happen with how the world is still interconnecting, how we're still trying to be a social community and 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 still be who we are and, and, and enjoy the things we enjoy and, and all that type of stuff. So um, I think last week we talked about kids graduating in Japan and not being able to have a graduation. So they built it in Minecraft and had their own graduation in Minecraft, you know, things like that, that are really cool. Well, formula one racing is moving into the esport realm and except it's an interesting twist. The formula one uh, series has been put on hold, uh, canceled, whatever you want to call it. And so the professional racers that, that race in the real cars are now going to go race digitally in the F1 2019 official game. So pretty cool. Um, the, one of the things here going on with it is uh, they met, they kind of, they kind of got the idea from some of the football, the uh, soccer leagues that are now using FIFA 20 to do similar things. But um, organizers of Formula One have announced the F1 Esports Virtual Grand Prix Series, which will see a number of current F1 drivers playing Codemasters official F1 2019 game on PC and having it broadcasted worldwide. So that's going to be pretty cool. Um, because the, the interesting part of this is that not all of these professional drivers play video games. So because some drivers are pretty good behind a virtual wheel, and others aren't. The competition... Hey, Miggy's back, everybody. Can we hear Miggy? 
Hey, what's up? Hey, Miggy, what's going on? Um, how is the Shadow Realm? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm at this. I'm at the uh, the remote location in Mexico. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Someone I dug dropped a... some anime on you by quoting by talking about the Shadow Realm. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> um, we we we've moved on to Zilla Bites, just so you know. So. Sorry, I kind of I kind of made a point about GameStop. Hopefully, I, I captured it uh, to some extent, but we know you used to enjoy GameStop. You don't anymore. That's kind of <laughs> I think it's a lot of our a lot of our feelings. So, yeah, yeah, but F one uh, racing turning into an esport using the real racers as the people playing in the esport, but because not all of them play video games, the game will be configured in such a way to encourage competitive and entertaining racing. So uh, it's a gentle way of leading into a fact that some drivers will be given advantages like reduced vehicle damage and optional anti-lock brakes and traction control for less for those who are less familiar with the game. Uh, the races will be held on the same day as the actual race was supposed to go down. And um, yeah, that that's kind of the story. I think it's uh, cool. Like I said, the soccer leagues are doing it with FIFA 20 and it's cool to see that It'd be fun that some of your professional players could kind of see them in a, in a realm where maybe they're not the most comfortable. See if they can um, still impress you, still wow you. You know, so I don't know. What, what do you think of this? Anybody? Well, <laughs> it just seems, it just seems like we're in a situation where if I'm gonna watch people play video games, I'm gonna want to watch professional gamers play games i'm not as interested it you know if you told me like the nba season was going to consist of like nba stars playing 2k for a laugh maybe i i guess it's kind of tough because i don't care about car racing and i don't i don't know if Car racing is a sport where personalities come through. If okay, fine. People... Time out. Time out. Forget <laughs> all the sports because you're not a real sports guy. WrestleMania gets canceled, but they take, and I'm not going to say the, the latest game, not the latest game, but a good wrestling yeah. game that you like, and they make real wrestlers play those characters, and they reenact, or, or and they create WrestleMania, whatever. What number are we on right now? 36 36 is, is happening virtually video game you would love it uh actually xavier woods does it on his up up down down channel and i don't watch it because it's not fun it's not that interesting to me so Damn it. no it still is true with wrestling um still not interested all right fine in it. major league bass fishing Ooh. i know you're into fishing Wait, wait! You're you're telling me I can watch Billy Jackson wrangle in a a eighteen inch bass using a Sega Dreamcast fishing rod? Yeah, with rumble feedback. Could you tell I made up the name of a pro fisher? <laughs> Sound accurate. Sound legit. Yeah, I I accurate. just bought it. I just bought it because I don't know one either. <laughs> All right, I was wrong. It's clearly not a cool thing. Everybody hates it, and it's dumb. Sorry. Well. Car racing is dumb. It's not about car video games being dumb. It's car. Hey. I want to watch Formula One racing. Wrestling's dumb. Wrestling hey, is hey. dumb. Yes. <laughs> Stop agreeing it. with me. I never said wrestling wasn't dumb. <laughs> it's people pretending to fight and getting upset about it. I it's love real. It. It, to me, it's real to me, Dan. <laughs> 
no, it's it's like Formula One racing. Like, like I want to see rally cars. Like, I want jumps and stuff. That's what gets me excited. For some reason, Formula Formula cars never never. Okay, hey, fine. Guys, the gosh. monster truck series gets canceled. They yes! they turn it into a virtual sport, and digger. you get to watch Digital Grave Digger play. Are we on it? Are we on? Are we on board now? Yes, I'm okay. on board. Dear you Lord, make it subject matter. That's great. <laughs> that's great, guys. The chat, the chat's starting to turn on us. We offended the NASCAR players. I mean, the NASCAR viewers and the wrestling. Um, um I was and- kidding. Now the NASCAR comments I didn't make. I can't. I can't speak to that. But I was kidding Na- about NASCAR? wrestling. I mean, I'm NASCAR? not a fan of left turns. Not a fan of left get out of here. NAS. It's oh. just driving in a circle. It can get out of here. I don't care whose feelings I hurt. We got to move on, guys. This is getting toxic. Okay. Big text. He doesn't speak for all of this. Us. Is, this is Zillabytes. We've already, I, we've I already spent too much wrong. time on this story. Next topic, Overwatch. <laughs> the, new, the new champion, Echo, will be the game's last new hero before Overwatch 2. Yes. Mind you, we have no idea when Overwatch 2 is coming out. The last time that we were told about Overwatch 2, it was early production. So, uh, or sorry, early development. Uh, whatever that means. So if it happens later this year, or maybe not this year at all, we are not getting another champion added to Overwatch. Um, period. Echo, Echo will be it. Um, this is a, a new DPS champion that looks really cool. That had had some leaks in um, in previous uh, BlizzCons and, and events that people mm-hmm. thought it was going to be coming out, and or they were going to be coming out, and here here we are with this new champ that does look really cool. I like the champ a lot, yeah, but um, but. It is interesting that your the character the roster expansion of Overwatch is pretty much put on pause now until we get the next you know until we get the sequel. And you know part of that part of that is interesting considering they already announced that any character that is in the old game will be usable in the new game um the in the PVP modes, you know, they guarantee PVP cross play whatever cross platform or cross game i don't know what you want to call this but um you know that doesn't include the pve aspect of what's going to happen in overwatch 2 so i think what they're really doing is they're they're starting to take overwatch down into more of a skeleton crew and they're moving that talent over to the development of overwatch 2 and that's probably why we're seeing this but um I will say this champ's cool enough that it has. I've already been talking about playing some Overwatch again, which I haven't in a long time, and this champ even makes me more excited to uh, give Overwatch a go again. Yes, you need a healer. You need a healer. Oh, we always need a healer. I got man. your back. I got your back. It's a necessity. It's essential. A healer, essential. Yeah. Selling video games, not essential. <laughs> Okay, um, but yeah, I mean that's really it. I don't, uh, I don't think we need to really spend a whole lot of time on this. It's just, it's just an announcement that we will not be getting any more characters for Overwatch until Overwatch Two. All right, last Zillabyte, and that is four Fortnite pros have been banned after the Fortnite Champion Series tournament just took place this last week, week slash weekend. So, um, I first heard of this, I was actually watching Ninja's stream, and he was, t- the, uh, the chat was talking about it, so he started to chime in on his opinion on it, and how, um, he felt this was not done correctly. So, four players, uh, Creo, Bucky, 
keys and slackers or slacks were all suspended <laughs> by Epic over the reports that the four players had colluded during the finals of week one in the Fortnite Champion Series. You all right over there, Mickey? Bucky. <laughs> I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> over the duo tournament uh, on March 22nd. So what was happening in, and I actually learned something here. Um, there's this thing called storm surging. Okay, so in, in, in pro-level Fortnite, no one likes to fight out the gate, and a lot of your points are scored in-game, right? In-game and, and placement. So a lot of teams will try to just get to in-game. And so they had to introduce something called Storm Surging, where if you don't take enough damage, if, you don't, if you're not in firefights enough, you get penalized, and you actually start taking damage uh, earlier in the game. So what these... This, uh, these two duos did is they collaborated via like a discord chat and decided they would run into each other five games out of let's say their ten and they would then shoot each other down where they would just all of a sudden lose their shield but then they would just break peel away they wouldn't finish the fight and it always seemed to happen right around a slurp truck or um or the swamp where you can get free shield. And it was the same people every time. And they were avoiding storm surge so they could then hide and get to late game. These two teams finished first and second in the tournament's round. They have since been banned and will not participate in the coming rounds of this, of this event. And they got a 60 day ban. Good. So Ninja's comment here was, this is just a slap on the wrist. It's not enough. And the fact of the matter is that these kids that are playing this game, that are so good at the game, this is the problem, right, is that they're so good. They don't need to cheat. They ha they, they, they should have perma-banned at least one of them. Figure, you know, or one group. Figure out whose idea it was. You're, you're banned from the game for life. Cheating is rampant in esports and online. Everyone's looking for advantage. Everyone's looking for a way to, to manipulate things. And with all, every company is trying to combat it. Every company is trying to control it. And Epic, I, I agree with, with Ninja's statements earlier today. Epic just doesn't do enough. They 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 just kind of you know say hey that that was wrong don't do that again and then they they leave it alone and instead they need to make example of somebody and just ban them and watch how everybody falls into place at that point because oh well shit I'm trying to make this somewhat my livelihood I'm trying to be a professional Fortnite player I'm trying to win these tournaments because it it equals money and it equals opportunity and so I think a 60 day ban is kind of a joke honestly is that yeah okay you miss out on this Fortnite champion series but you literally could jump into the next one or the one after that depending on how the cycle so that doesn't seem like a big enough punishment for being caught doing something that is so blatantly wrong. I, I, can I suggest a punishment? Sure. 
Stop playing. This Fortnite. is what this is what I think would honestly be yeah, fair. There we go. Uh, they have to go work at GameStop for sixty days. <laughs> that's cruel. <laughs> oh my god, that's inhumane. <laughs> man, man, yeah, they might not ever game again after that's done. Yeah, um, yeah, likely they won't. Being in their GameStop. Well, that that was. I don't know about that. I, I think I'd take sixty days at GameStop over yeah. what you're what you just said. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying, just saying that's a pretty easy pick for me. Um, but I just to me like if you're okay, you're for again. How many times have we looked at it? like you're Fortnite? You're you're the the biggest game, one of the biggest games in the world right now. Uh, you have you you are the battle royale, you know the premier battle royale. You you're trying to do all these things with this with this you know with this game with this with this genre, and we've 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 talked about the difficulties they've had with their events and how they're you know how they're going to grow this league into something that's sustainable long term and now you have blatant cheaters when you've started your new well i don't say new when you've been building out your everyone can compete everyone that plays fortnite if you're good enough you can compete and have a chance at something just ignore all the cheaters that we gave 60 days a 60-day ban to because it's not them. It's not that I'm mad that they get to come back. It's the fact that, like, okay, who are the groups that didn't make the cut because of these people? How many people were affected by this in ways, you know, and, and how many more cheaters weren't even, they you know, they didn't they didn't get a tip. They, I don't, I'm not even sure how they found this out. I, I believe, I believe there was reports because it was so blatantly obvious. And, so how many more people were, are doing things like that to get around your stupid storm surge that you literally put in game because you didn't like that players wouldn't engage right away? That there was a kind of a gentleman's code that if I saw you over there and it's early game, we're just going to run to the circle and we'll worry about fighting it out later. You didn't like that as a developer, yet when someone manipulates it and defeats the whole point of what you put in place to it to stop that, you ban them for two months. It has to, at a minimum, it's a year. At a minimum, you're banned for a year. Come, you can come back to the league and prove that you've that you've changed, but you're gone for a year. And I would actually be okay with a perma ban and just really set the tone. Where it's like, this will not be tolerated, and if we catch you, you will never play our game again. I'm fine with that. Eh, the people that lost are losers anyway. If you're not cheating, try it. Respect to these guys. Oh, my God. They found a way. <laughs> they found a way to win. You don't have they, to. They worked within the limits of the game, and they found a way. <laughs> this is Good on you. You can't. They literally queued up at this. Okay, okay. Do you remember? Do you remember, Miggy, the time that when Apex was brand new, we were like, guys, what if we queue at the same time, and we try to get in the same game, and then we run as a six-man group against every other three-man group? Not cheating. You're not trying. Let's try it, and we did it, and it was, and we did it like once, and it was like, wow, that was really, really dumb, and and, and incredibly easy to do. And so, like, here are professionals, people that, mind you, finished first and second and are good, like, are great, are some of the best players in the world. They don't need to cheat. 
they don't need to cheat. They like like if you're that good, you would have qualified anyways. I mean, but that's like equivalent to uh, you know, to me calling in for carry out and you know, and you know, backstory, I can cook. I can cook really good. You know, I just don't feel like cooking, so I'm gonna order this pizza real quick or order this Chinese food to have it delivered. You know, I'm just I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. I mean, sometimes you're the greatest quarterback ever, but still, sometimes you still have to play footballs. It happens. <laughs> you got to cheat to win sometimes, okay? Deflategate. Doesn't matter how but good you are. But when you get caught, you should be penalized decently, not like a, hey, yeah, um, just uh, you're making us look bad. Don't do that again. Yeah, you just blame the equipment manager, and these guys had to probably have some sort of manager to blame you got to find a scapegoat nah. that's these guys problem they don't have a scapegoat you don't no. need a scapegoat when you're the goat you know and you don't get to be the goat without having a scapegoat you gotta know that no one's truly great unless they're cheating we're spending way too much time on these syllabites <laughs> that's our attack on the news for these topics and much more we please <laughs> visit gamezillamedia.com and, uh, you know, you can read the blogs. You can watch the YouTube videos. You can see all the or listen to all the other podcasts that we create on a weekly basis. And, uh, yeah, check out everything that Gamesville Media is up to at GamesvilleMedia.com. Make cheating great again. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> we, we do have a discussion piece today. All right, so let's let's get into that before before Dead Eye just goes completely off the rails. How long has the show been? Are we at two hours yet? Man, um, I, I I don't know. I don't know. It feels like two hours. I think it's been two hours. Five. I think we we'll want to limit our gaming moments of the week, or maybe even cut them, unless you guys have something real good, so we can focus the remainder of our time in our discussion topic. Discussion topic: Has COVID nineteen accelerated the digital gaming era? Okay, we came up with this topic because of what was going on with GameStop, and 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 that I made a point about GameStop is that they are struggling, and so here is a company that is showing its bad side because it can't afford, it doesn't want to, it doesn't you know can't accept what's happening right now, and take a loss, and so with that in place, we decided to discuss what that means for physical games, and what it means for the future of digital, um, which is ever every year just seems to be just exploding more and more. So my experience that's just, you know, I've been, I've been in quarantine for 11 days and I've definitely had some bad days uh, being stripped away from, I, I'm a, I'm an interactive person. I like to be around people. I like to have conversations. I like to play games, you know, even like at lunch at a table with somebody, not always online. And so not you did I, but somebody, somebody else. <laughs> I think Howard, Howard's probably my favorite gamer. That's understandable. He doesn't even own a switch. That's Cause you're an I, old curmudgeon like him. That's why I like him. No, I'm just kidding. But anyways, um, the, the thing is, is that I, had the opportunity to this was before all that news broke for GameStop where I was like, man, Doom is being released a day early at GameStop. I really don't want to buy it from them, but this could allow me to go get Doom. But the the quarantine wasn't a wasn't like an official order yet, so it was just a recommendation and I still wanted to follow it because I have my reasons. And so I was like, you know what? 
a game that I wasn't even sure I was going to play. Doom Eternal. I bought digitally. Full price, 60 bucks. Didn't even phase me because I was like, well, I get to download it. It'll be ready. It'll be ready tomorrow when I wake up and it'll like everything will be good to go. It was just easy. And the fact that I literally got up, fired my system up, started playing Doom. It was just, it was convenient. And at the same time, it was safe. And so for me, I looked at it where I was like, man, this is a game that I would 1000% if I was going to buy it. I would have bought it physically until now, until what's changed and, and, and my thought around it. And there's been other games that like I've, I've started to think that way where it's like, I, if example, I bought a physical copy of Ori and Will of the Wisps days before everything went upside down, you know, for, for the state of Michigan. And I had to go to pick it up at Best Buy and it was it was a ghost ghost town there, and I was thinking I was like, man, I'm gonna literally play the Game Pass version of this, but I wanted that collector's edition because it's a game that means a lot to me. Just like I'm sure Doom is a game that means a lot to some people, just not me. And if it was right now, and that same situation was put into my into my lap, I would say. To cancel my physical, I'm just going to play the digital. I'm not going to go get that collector's. I'll worry about finding it on eBay if that's the, if I have to down the road if I really want it in my collection. And so my I'm a collector, and, and if you're watching me on Mixer, you can see part of my room. You cannot see the grand scale of this, um, but I like putting a physical copy on my shelf. And I'm at that boat right now that in this current state, it's just better for me to buy it digitally. And honestly, it has actually made it changed me in a way where I'm like, man, maybe I just start buying everything digital. What about you guys? I so I was a start uh, started uh, getting things digitally, um, especially being the Vita owner. Um, I was like a straight digital for that. Um, and then being a mobile gamer and PC gamer, so I'm like, I'm already familiar with the digital life. But like you, um, with my consoles, I mean, with game stuff, you know, behind me, I'm like a physical guy. Like, if there's games, you know, like my Weeb games, I want those, like, cases. I want the steel cases. I want the collector's items that are inside those cases. Um, but, yeah, now with, like, you know, recent events, like, kind of has me thinking now it's like well i can't you know i, I can't leave that's i mean i can't leave the house um i mean i go to go out to meyer that's what we have in michigan um but you know uh go out to meyer go out to walmart get my groceries i can grab a game while i'm there but if i don't if i need to go out and grab a game it's not essential sorry GameStop. it's not essential so i'm not gonna go out of my way to go grab a game i'm gonna fire up um i'm gonna fire up my xbox i'm gonna fire up my playstation we'll dust it off first and fire it up and see what's on sale and purchase it then. If it's not on sale, then then I'm going to, you know, either wait or if the guys say they're going to get it, I'm going to press a button and get it right then and there. But through the convenience of being able to purchase and download through our phones, I mean, it's, I mean, we're at, we're at a place now where I think, you know, digital is going to be that much more convenient and essential now. Did I? Now, you guys and, and anyone that's on the show for a while knows that I, I am pretty far away on the spectrum of downloading games where you guys are more willing or 
bought into having a digital library. I know Grim likes to collect. I really like purchasing a game for the aspect of it's an owned asset at that point where let's say I were to buy something and decide it wasn't great. I could sell it on Facebook and get some of my money back. I could trade it in. I could give it to someone, I, you know, living in a household that's a two switch household. You know, I could play it on my switch, hand my wife a physical, hand, hand her the copy. She can play it on her own profile. We're not dealing with licensing or, or any of that kind of stuff. I still really value owning a physical game and not even necessarily for the aspects that I used to have. I want to have it on my shelf. It's the actual ownership of it and the ease of, of transferring it and playing it across different systems or even reselling it. Even though I've only resold like three video games in my life, having the ability to do that is valuable to me. But you know, last Thursday came around and I was sitting there like, you know, what would be cool. Turning on my PlayStation and doing the same thing Grim did. I know Grim do, did this because he I guess he's not my friend anymore and doesn't tell me he's playing Doom Eternal, even though he knows <laughs> I'm a Doom guy. Um, <laughs> but I thought, like, I could wake up tomorrow morning and have Doom Eternal and, and sit down and play it and have this new experience and something to be excited about in the comfort of my home without having to leave the house. It's times like this where our access to going to stores to buy video games you see the value in it. Normally, I buy my my physical games off Amazon, have them at my door two days later. That's usually good enough for me. Amazon's been good about getting my, me my release day games by, you know, usually about dinner time. So by the time I'm home from work on a Tuesday or a Friday, I'm installing the game and playing it. But the value of having that shop it is super cool because new release games don't have to leave my house. It would be right there. I even considered it. Um but there's still something about the full price $60 for $60 where I still want that disc. I still want that case. I want the ownership over that software as much as I can feel like I have ownership of it. And I found myself really gravitating towards digital at a value. Hey, this game is 50% off digitally. Like, Oh, it's not going to be on sale like that at a store for another year beyond this point, like seeing that value, there's been so many games that I've picked up because it's a game that I'm a little interested in. It would normally be an expensive game. Oh, it's on sale for $7. How could I not buy it at that point? Those are sales that you don't see physically. And that's where I, I have a big value. And that's where you see a lot of my digital collection comes from because PlayStation has these amazing sales of really nice titles available at a great price. And in, in the current state we're in, where we are locked in our houses, it is really cool to have access to any game you want to play. Um, but I, I'm still old school. I'm still lagging behind. I don't know next generation how many video games I'm going to buy. That's the truth. Like, uh, physically. I don't know how many I'm going to buy next. I, I think I'm being prepared and conditioned to be a, a digital software per- person. I mean, Game Pass has changed has changed me where I don't buy games the way I used to. And honestly, even games as a service, like you think, uh, you know, Fantasy Star, uh, even even Call of Duty uh, Warzone that everybody's playing right now that, um, you know, you don't even need Call of Duty. You just download it, right? So there is no need. There There isn't even some of these things don't even have an option for physical anymore. And so for for me, I've, I've kind of moved into that mindset where, like, I have my collection and I'll and I'll build my retro collection out more. But. I'm not as excited or worried about buying physical collection for next gen. 
and even like my physical collection of current gen has slowed down to like I don't know, maybe a couple games a year, honestly. Man, you you used to buy physical games at an alarming rate and then they'd sit on your shelf or you'd play it for just a little bit. So I like as someone who you you're always talking about the new games that you're playing. It's definitely fallen off where you're more excited to talk about the new thing you download on game pass or something like that, which, so it's cool. You're getting more value out of your stuff and you're saving money by, by the digital route opposed to buying all the physical games. So for you, it's working out really good. Yeah, absolutely. See, I'm trying to get them to get someone to send some of those games to a good home. That's going to love it and treat them right. And, you know, thoroughly use them. Get out of here, me. Yeah, I'll give them all. <laughs> the de- I mean, okay, fine. I'll give them all the deadite. <laughs> but uh, like I, I, I kind of agree with what deadite is saying though, um, because I mean, I know we keep hearing the same argument, but I mean, like games like Scott Pilgrim versus the World, I still have my Xbox 360 hooked up because I, I want to go back and play that game. That is the only game that I have my Xbox and and uh and Ducktales uh HD remastered. But I mean, those games no longer exist anymore due to like uh, licensing and copyrights, and they're just gone to time. If they were released like physical media, say if um, what's that one company that re- that releases games um, physically? Um, limited run, limited run, yeah, yeah, limited run. Like now, if limited run got their hands on the release of physically, then I'd be okay. But it still it doesn't affect everybody because those things fly so quick that you can't get them. So I, I kind of feel dead. I was wanting something physical because you don't know that you're going to have them at least until disc rock claims them. But that's like, you know, a few years down the line. Yeah. I mean, there's still always be, like you said, those, the limited edition rare games that, and I mean like truly limited edition. I don't mean like the, the garbage collectors editions that are coming out a lot of times like give us $250 and then three months later there's 60 bucks on some clearance shelf you know so um but you know there's definitely those games that will still mean something that you kind of want like I mean it'd be hard for me to say buy a new Metroid game that's not physical if I had the option and by hard I mean like I wouldn't do it or I would buy or I would play it both ways I would buy a physical put it on the shelf and play the digital if if that's how I really wanted to do it, uh, just like I did with Ori. But you know, at the same time, I'm not as worried about it anymore. Where it's like, well, I don't have Doom Eternal on my shelf. For me, I for me that doesn't matter. It just it just doesn't mean anything for me now. The like like we've been saying the uh, just the ease. To, to be able to the access I have to be able to get to this game, play it and enjoy it with little effort and and right now any threat towards my, towards me as far as a virus or or you know running into someone I, that that uh, is not stable because of what's going on, anything like that I've I avoided it all. So um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I do think that because we're not through this and because so many people are on Steam, so and like records are like Steam's broken its record now like three different times because of how many millions of people are playing games on Steam. These these sales of Nintendo Switches right now are hard to find. Um, you know, the, the, yeah. the sales of a PS4 and Xbox One, which are both end of life, are up. Because people are stuck at home and they want to play games. But the kicker is is that once you get that one physical piece, 
that you need. Now you don't have to worry about all the cartridges or the discs or the, any of that crap. You just download it. And so I think not only are we conditioning some people that are maybe a little bit more hardcore like me and, and Miggy and, and Deadite, but even but when you talk about the the casual gamer the cons, you know that that consumer um we're teaching them right now how like there's people that are on steam that didn't know how to use steam that now know and they're never going to go back because those are your netflix users those are your spotify users they they want that same experience with their video games if they're going to stick with gaming once this is all once this crisis is over with so yeah, I think this has accelerated digital era. I think we're going to see 2020 as a um, when the numbers come out. We've been seeing a growth pattern, and it's been a pretty steady growth pattern with a physical uh, decline for physical uh, purchasing. I think we might see that first like anomaly happen here, where we see a spike. We see you know the digital go and you know grow, and we see the physical shrink in a more dramatic dramatic way or drastic way um than we have seen in, in the previous couple of years so and we're even talking right now i mean playstation 5 we don't know this but i mean we're even talking about the xbox series that comes out this holiday that if we haven't recovered from things like this by then and i'm not saying we're gonna all be in quarantine at that point still god i hope not but <laughs> what i'm saying is is that you don't need an Xbox Series X to play Xbox Series X. So, like, even even that digital concept of, like, I want to be an Xbox fan and I own a PC, I'm just going to buy everything through the Xbox store because I can, right, for my Windows device. You know, it's easier than ever, and right now people are being trained on how to do that, on how, how to be that digital consumer for gaming. But all right, let us know what you think. That's our discussion topic this week. Uh, we will keep the conversation going probably in the Gaming General channel again. Would be a good spot for this one. Uh, or the Games Little Podcast channel would be also a, uh, a good spot in the Discord. So, But uh, yeah, I'm, I think we're going to do it, like, like uh, Dad said, real quick. A gaming moment of the week. Uh, mine's, I'm going to get mine out of the way. Maybe you might share it with me. I don't know. It just happened last night. I got to play Fantasy Star with player one miggy um and it was that first time where i played i played the closed beta and no one else played it so i needed like i, I did i enjoyed it but at the same time i was running everything solo and fantasy star is fun but it's fun with people you know similar to like how i like playing borderlands with people versus solo and so we got to play Fantasy Star Online, we we went through, you know, start, basically started at level 5 each, and then by the time I we were done, uh, I had gotten up to level 20. It was 3 in the morning, and I'm like, oh, dear God. we're Like, it was Fantasy Star. It literally was like, oh, <laughs> crap. It's happening again, you know, and we had our, we had our, we had the rare drops happen, so Miggy really got to experience some of the things that, like, back in the Dreamcast days, I was, like, freaking out about and it's just a lot of fun i had a really good time it was a chill it's a chill, like it, it's not an easy game but it's more of a chill game where you can just kind of have fun and it's a grind and you're just you're just going through the motions and um yeah that was my game moment of the week i got to enjoy fantasy star with a friend and um i think they became even a bigger fan of of the franchise 
So Mickey, uh, we'll go to Mickey next. Well, my gaming moment of the week is this little mobile game. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> muted. No. <laughs> no, Fantasy Star definitely was great. Um, I can't tell you the last time I actually stayed up playing a game until 3 a.m. Um, it was great. It was great. a lot of fun. Uh, Grim teaching me a lot of the things um, about the game, um, like how to level up. Like he leveled up like, yeah, before he even started fighting, he like surpassed me. He started off at level three. I was level eight. He just zoomed past me level 20. He's like, all right, let's get let's get to this mission. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to playing some more of that, getting some more streams in of that with uh, with my main man. So, deadites. The thing that stopped me from downloading Doom Eternal is I have not beaten Doom 2016 yet. And I told myself, I told myself, I still I, I can't buy the sequel if I haven't finished the game. So, uh, you know, I'm playing. I've been playing through the 2016 Doom on Switch. Uh, which again, very impressive for the Switch, but the problem I'm having is I, I was like, play Doom Switch. Doom Eternal is so visually beautiful yeah. that I'm just like, oh, I don't think I can play it on Switch. I think I'll have to play it on PlayStation because it, it's a it's a cool looking game. So I've been fine with the the video, the image degradation playing it on Switch for the convenience of having a really good shooter to play on switch because it's probably the best shooter available on switch um but i got i gotta get through it before i even consider throwing some money at doom eternal so hopefully by the time i finish doom 2016 there'll be a sale for doom eternal but uh, (laughs) that's just me playing more doom i've been a doom guy uh the last couple weeks between the originals and the, the most recent remake awesome well, there you go. That's our gaming moments of the week. Nice and short this week, uh, but we want to know what's your gaming. We want to know if, you, if you're looking for people to team up with, to game with in this uh, crisis, this quarantine that so many of us are dealing with right now, then join the Discord and let's talk about gaming every day for, with people from around the world. When we're not doing the podcast, that's where we're hanging out, talking about all sorts of fun stuff. So that's it that's episode 305 of the games little podcast make sure you visit gameslowmedia.com to listen to all of our other podcasts read our blogs watch the youtube videos everything that we produce uh you can find it right there on gameslowmedia.com and of course we want to thank our patrons yeah, thank you so much to all of our patrons that support us at patreon.com slash games media. Make sure you're logging in and checking your emails to enjoy that exclusive content that's available there for you, those shows you can't get anywhere else. And if you're listening to this podcast or watching us on Mixer and you can afford uh, you know, as little as a dollar a month, throw it our way. It would mean so much to us to keeping our podcast and our podcasting network growing. Thank you so much to all of our patrons. All right, everybody. Uh, we had a little bit of a rough go this week. This is our this is our only our second show that we did the whole remote thing. Each person at their own location. Um, you know, it's it's gonna be. It, it is what it is. We're gonna we're gonna keep making the show because people are listening, and we didn't want to stop the show because we get as much out of it as you guys do. Um, so I appreciate everybody that stopped by today on Mixer.com slash GameZillaMedia and, and stuck through the uh, technical difficulties. Uh, and obviously everybody that listens to the show uh, in podcast form, thank you so much for the support. And uh, yeah, just remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game on. Game on. Mickey, you can say it. Thank you for being a fan. Oh, game on. Damn it, Damn it Mickey.